Welcome to Let's Keep It Real with Sandy Joy Weston. Here's where I get to talk to amazing people from all over the world who are making a positive impact and discuss topics in every single area of life. The sky's the limit. Some might be a little controversial, but eh, we don't shy away from them because everyone I speak to is coming from a good space. So it's an opportunity to learn a lot and expand your mind. Hey folks, just a quick note before we begin. This is Rich speaking, your audio engineer for Let's Keep It Real. We've had a bit of technical difficulty with this recording and lost the first 10 minutes or so, including Sandy's introduction, so it falls to me to do the deed. This week, we're back again with Matt Lobosco and tackling a thought-provoking and timely subject, children. In case you don't know Matt, he's a licensed conscience transformation trainer, energy practitioner, and movement therapist who works with individuals all over the world. He studied with some of the most revolutionary and progressive health professionals in the fields of psychology, meditation, physical rehab, and physical science. His multidisciplined approach has allowed people all over the world to access a life of health and vitality that they might not have realized was impossible. Or so Sandy would say, me, I just said things. We rejoin the podcast already in progress. Hi, Matt. Now, listen, full disclosure here. Let's tell people. I feel like it's Groundhog Day. Me and Matt have been recording this, like, what, three times now? Because something glitched in the universe. So it must mean I'm looking at my positive energy candle that the universe is like, Sandy, you got to do it again. Those were such pearls of wisdom. <laughs> How you doing, dude? I am good. It's good to be back. It's good to be back. What, for the third time just today? <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, technology, you know, I love it. But Matt is in Florida. But when we air this, what's what's the name of the hurricane that I'm wishing out to see? Florence. Florence. But you're not getting hit where you are, right? It's the Carolinas. Yeah, the Carolinas are getting hit. The only thing that people are doing here in Jupiter, Florida, are getting their surfboards out. They're excited to get some good surfing in. Which we know you're going to surf for the first time. That's right. Woo-hoo. Well, how that goes. I'm really excited about it. Been on my list. So All right, well, do me a favor. Can you get somebody to film it? Because I want to see you fall a lot. I want to oh, see yeah, you. No problem. I'll be happy to film it. I think my buddy will be the first one with the camera because. All right. Well, please send it. Don't yeah. forget me. Yeah. All right. So school's back for summer. All right. A lot of people like it. Woohoo. Kids in school. Back to the routine. Me. You know. I like when my kid's home. I'm cool. It's all fun. I, I, I love every minute, but I get it. I don't have three and four kids running around. And sometimes it can be a lot, especially for working parents. But what we're talking about today, which is so topical, and maybe because I told people we were doing it, a lot of people were telling me, you know, how they, you know, worry about their kids, especially if they're going to write teachers and are they going to do well in school and leaving them for the day? I mean, you, you know, the list goes on and it's more so when you start the routine of school. So I was bringing that up to Matt because my son is starting freshman year of high school. Aichi mama. It's a big deal, but he's been in two weeks and he's loving it by the way. And you know, I don't worry that much because I know you're not supposed to, but it's normal. Every parent works, you know, tail of day, you know, you die. You're going to worry about your kids. And Matt says to me, no, Sandy, not every parent worries. I'm like, okay, show me one. But I get it, you know, so that brought up a whole sticky wicken. And Matt, you know, I know in a perfect world, that's great. Like, it's not like worrying doesn't mean love, but it's been conditioned in our brains. Like, isn't that a part of loving? Like, as a parent, you're going to always worry about your kids? Come on, Matt. <laughs> 
Well, you know, I mean, like I said, I mean, it's it's definitely an option to option. Oh, okay, so it's an option. Good, it's good. An option. Good. There's nothing wrong with worrying about your kids. Like you can worry about them till the rest for the rest of your life, and and um, and and kind of equate your peace and happiness to their peace and happiness and make sure nothing ever bad happens to them and make sure they're safe and protect them from the evils of the world and all of those things. And, and, you know, stay up late at nights worrying about them, you know, and as long as they're happy, you're good. Yeah. Uh, That's an option. And, and I'm not saying that it's, it's, it's not, it's an option that, that a lot of people, can can take and it's fine but mm-hmm. but the whole experience of worrying about your kids i would tell you doesn't really serve the parent or the child um and because anytime you're orienting to another human being from the standpoint of yep. as long as they're happy then i'll be happy Mm-hmm. you've enslaved that person. Like there is no bigger burden that you can place on another human being by deferring your happiness to them, making them responsible and accountable for your happiness and your peace. Like there's You're no right. greater burden you can put on somebody. And You're right. Because you ever have that guilt card calling you. I have where they're like, do you know you're killing your grandmother? You ever hear that? Not maybe your grandmother, but people saying that. Are you trying to stick a knife in my heart? You know, you hear that all the time. Oh, it can go to major extremes. And I'll tell you that those extreme uh, scenarios and cases that you're speaking about are some of the children, now adults that I work with, that have experienced the most trauma. Like that is a very traumatic thing. Uh, to go through as a child that you're responsible for everybody else's pain. Oh God, you're right. Like that is yeah. that is heavy, heavy stuff, yeah. and 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 is very taxing on on the brain, the nervous system, um, and is not a fun experience of life. You know what you're saying? You're bringing up which. I didn't think about this. So I definitely always tell my kids, I always tell them, you're not responsible for my happiness. You're not, we're not always going to agree. I'm here to guide you, you know, lead you on your path. So that you and I, you know, we're really on the same page about that, but I wasn't equating that with, if they see you worry, then that's kind of like a contradiction. Big time. Because words, words are great. Yeah, but they're not what influences, and 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 that speaks a little bit to what I call the difference between intention and actual impact. So if my intention is okay. to love them, yeah, or my intention is to let them know that they're not responsible for for making me happy, but the way I show up with them is constantly worried and anxious. And the way in which I'm interacting with them is communicating, hey, you're making me very worried. I wish you would just do X, Y, Z. Yeah. Well, then they're not, they're learning the exact opposite. And it can be very confusing. Yeah, you're right. I didn't even think of that. Because, uh, well, all right. So you were talking to me earlier about the frequency that, 
anxiety gives off. So let's let's dive into that a little bit more. That it, what you're saying here right now, it's like I could say that, but if my frequency is giving off a different message, that's going to be stronger. Yeah. Right? So so like I like the whole idea of intention versus impact. Okay. And you said something um, before <laughs> where. You, you were saying that, well, I worry about, like, why do we worry about our kids? And the, the yeah. common answer to that is, is because I love them. Yeah. Right? Yep. So if you look at those two things, two, two, two uh, emotions, uh, anxiety being one and love being another. Correct. And you, and, you, and you understand that every emotion has a frequency, a consciousness, a vibration to it. Yeah. When you look at the consciousness, the frequency, the vibration of anxiety, there's a certain frequency there. And, 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 and it's, it's a lower frequency. You know, the, it's a lower vibration. The amplitude isn't as high. And there's been lots of different studies on this and really cool things where they actually measure the frequencies of certain states of emotion. Okay. But we can all agree, even without the studies, that anxiety is a lower frequency. Okay. Love if you were just to look at love, the conscious of love, the vibration of love, that, that, that there is no higher frequency than that unconditional love. I'll call it because we haven't learned really unconditional love as humans. We've learned conditional love, but that's a whole nother topic. Okay. Let's, we'll just call it unconditional love. That's a very high frequency. So okay. if your intention is to love your child and all you do is worry about them, right? You can call it love all day long, but yeah. it's not love. It's anxiety and worry. And that vibration, that frequency, that energy that you're bringing to the space is going to influence the space. Ah, I see. Now, but, but a lot of us will call that love because that's how we were taught to love. And you yeah, said it perfectly right. before, Matt. Well, but come on. Everyone worries about their kids because everybody loves their kids. Yeah. Yeah. And you think you're consciously or subconsciously, if you don't worry, you don't, you must not really love. And I know you probably heard this before. If somebody really worries about you, that must mean they love you more than the other person. So even with adults doing that, you'll say, oh, so-and-so constantly calling them to make sure they're okay. They got their okay and all that. And you think, oh my God, they must really love that person. Exactly. Saying, that's ridiculous. I, I remember, well, my son and I, and my husband wasn't able to come. We went to Ireland and England, right? You know, big trip. My son's never been abroad, blah, 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 blah. Well, so-and-so was like, well, you're, did, you know, Eric call you right away? I'm like, no, he called me that night. And they're like, wasn't he worried if you landed? And Eric's like, I knew you'd be fine. I can't wait to hear all the fun you're having. Well, in some people's mind, well, doesn't he care about you and your son? Yeah, but he doesn't have that mentality. And I remember telling you that. Isn't that crazy that people think, well, that's a sign of love because he's just call me, call me as soon as you land. But it isn't. He's just like, yeah, I can't wait to hear all about the fun at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's crazy, Sandy. I think that's the way most of us have learned how to love. But we have to be real about it now and just acknowledge there's nothing there's – nothing there's nothing about that experience that even looks like love. Like there's nothing about worrying, anxiety and stress that looks anything like the experience, the vibration of love. 
even right. though our intention, and that's why I say this, I yeah. don't question parents' intention is to love their child. Like right. I don't, I don't question that. Yeah. But it's not the influence and impact they're having. Yeah. And this is where that the quote, like I'm, I'm, you've you've probably heard this, the the road to hell is laid with great intentions. You got it. My grandma used to say that to me all the time. Yeah, I mean that's where it comes that's from. Well, but you still broke intentions. everything. <laughs> yeah, you can have good intentions, but that does not mean that the influence is going to align with your intention because emotion, consciousness, energy is what creates and it's what influences. So you were talking about the group you had last night. And the que- I want to go over that again and the question that you presented to them because I think it makes you rethink. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. Yeah, so this whole idea of um, when my kids are happy, I'll be happy. Oh, yeah. I hear that all the time. Oh, so-and-so's right. happy. So-and-so's happy. Now now I'm good. I so the, what, when we orient to that, when I hear that orientation with somebody that yeah. my happiness is dependent upon somebody else's happiness, yeah. that essentially is what I call living for somebody else. So you're basically asking someone to live for you. I want you to be happy. So I'm happy. Yeah. So the question I posed to my class last night, which I have a lot of parents in, I said, how many of, how many parents in this, in this room here tonight want their children to live for somebody else? And of course the response was absolutely not, you know, I want my child to be, you know, independent and empowered and, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And like all the stuff, right. All the, all the good stuff. And I was like, all right, well, if that's the case, then you better show them how to live for themselves because if you're living for them and your happiness is dependent Ooh. upon them, Ooh, this is good. you are teaching them how to live for somebody else. And they will take that teaching and they will find somebody that they will, that they will live for. And their partner will be that person <gasps> that is constantly <sighs> – Asking them to make them happy. I, that's what we're teaching them. Okay, so that's that's deep. So l- let's really dive into that, Matt, because I think this is going to help a lot, a lot of parents. Um, so, especially, you know, parents who feel like they can't, you know, like they, they should be doing more, they're not doing enough, and there's always that, you know, fine line, whether you work or not work, like you feel as if, okay, I got to do this, this, and this, or my kids won't be happy. So let's back up here a second. So you're saying that if I, as a parent, don't live for myself and that my happiness is not, I just want to make sure I don't want to put words in your mouth, are not the utmost importance, I'm showing that to my child. Well, yeah, if you're if you're if you are deferring accountability, and this is how I look at it. Okay. When I say you defer accountability, what I mean is the joy, your joy and peace. You're giving that power to somebody else. Now we can give it to somebody. We can give it to something. I mean, we 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 give our power away constantly. Right. Right. We're deferring accountability constantly. But in the case of parenting, one of the places that we, we really defer the accountability is, ah, my peace, my joy is dependent upon somebody else. Yep. 
And, and so I am, am, am asking so-and-so my child to show up in a particular way so that I can be at peace and I cannot, or, you know, sometimes we even say to be at peace, we just say, so I'm not stressed. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know what? Like you said, for those of you listening who want to pass this on to people who have kids and you don't have kids, you, you, you get what he's saying. It it could be anybody. It could be your spouse. It could be your, it could be anybody, you know, not just your children, but a children, you know, it's a, it's a big zinger. So, okay. So, what about then the kid and the kids that will say to you, like, I, I know, let's just use me as an example. So I believe this, right? And I know exactly what you're saying. Logically, Matt, let's just put that, you know how you always tell me logically, but I don't know if emotionally if I'm putting it to practice all the time, although I do believe it. My biggest thing is, when I'm not quote unquote perfect, because you know, I am that perfect human being on earth, you know, unlike everybody else, um, that <laughs> I we found you know, the one, yeah, the only one, um, <laughs> um, that well then if I'm angry, sad, whatever, 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 I have to hide it from my kid. I have to show him pippy skippy joy, like the same thing, like in reverse, like I can't let him see, like, okay, I should be able to overcome this and da, 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 da. And you talk to me about it. Like, no, because that's also another thing you're showing him. It's not okay to be angry, sad, frustrated. Correct. Like you, it's, you shouldn't hide that from your kids. Well, yeah. I mean, two things. Number one, you can't hide it. That That's a fantasy. Okay. The energy. words coming out of your mouth could be different than your emotions. Exactly. That's what I mean. Like energy is energy. Like energy never lies. Consciousness never misses the mark. Like there's no hiding anything, especially right. from kids. Yeah. I mean, Oh yeah. My kids, son calls me out on it all the time. Exactly. Kids are, you know, you got to understand that, that like a child, especially let's just call it like I have a 10 year old at home, 50% of his life up to the age of five, the way you communicate with the world is through emotion and sensation. So, so they're oh, more tuned into that than most most of us because they've ex- their experience of life has majority been connecting to those frequencies. I mean, and science has shown us these mirror neurons that literally communicate with each other through sensation and emotion. Like there's a literally a neuron in our brain that is communicating energetically through emotions. It's how our brain learns. So there, number one, there is no, there is no hiding anything. Okay. Okay. So that's number one. Like like, that's definitely just a good thing to just acknowledge. Okay. The second thing is, yes, more important than ever. And this is, this is, this is my, this is a madism. This is my, my perspective, my, my opinion here. And I'll always qualify that. Yes. Um, Yes. It's not my opinion yet. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. That. It is so important in today's day and age to really teach not only ourselves, but then show our kids that it's okay to feel whatever you're feeling, that there is no emotion that's a bad emotion or a good emotion. Because as soon as we start, and you think about how, I think about how as a man growing up, like there are certain emotions that society has told me that I'm allowed to feel. Yeah. 
Correct. Like just, and I'm not saying I sat down in a class and someone said this to me, but, but that was the, that was the message I got. Oh, that was absolutely. the communication that's out there. Yeah. Right. Like what's, what's the emotion that guys are allowed to feel? You're right. And they're, they're, they're like, anger is totally okay for them to feel. Absolutely. Yeah. If they're really manly. Okay right. Like anxiety. You, you lose your man card if you're sad. Yeah. Right. Like there's this whole like unwritten rule about what what's an OK emotion to feel and what's not an OK emotion. And if you start crying at a movie, put on your big boy pants. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Like like, come on, don't be a don't be a wimp. Don't be a girl. Like, you know, what I mean, like there's all this conditioning around emotions. So allowing allowing kids to, to number one, be okay to feel what they're feeling, identify what they're feeling is such a important step in emotional intelligence. And, and, and this is the thing, like the other thing, like emotional intelligence, every other minute, emotional intelligence, EQ is more important than IQ. And it's all over the place now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, everywhere. There's no such thing as an emotional intelligence. If you don't even understand what you're feeling in a moment and can't identify it. Yeah. You know, so giving kids the empowering kids to number one, just be human and there is no such thing. There's no emotion that they're not going to feel through the course of their life. It's Absolutely. a part of the experience of being human. Yep. And the more we don't allow ourselves to feel what we're feeling, identify what it is, this is where it gets built up over time. And we and we learn strategies like, like um, distraction. And boy, is our society give us plenty of ways to distract. Yep, you're right. Um, we disconnect from them. We stomach them. You know, what I mean, all the diseases that are just absolutely chronically uh, all irritable bowel syndrome and cancers and all this stuff. I mean, I haven't met somebody that's had some of these autoimmune. I just started working with somebody who has autoimmune. Yeah. I mean, I personally, again, this is just what my from my experience is working with people in the health in the industry for the last mm-hmm. 20 years. There is I have found that people that have an autoimmune thing going on more like I would, I can't think of somebody where this wasn't the case. And I'm not saying that the cases don't exist. I gotcha. There's, there is some kind of emotional trauma that's been there. Yeah. So you mean not everything can be resolved through food? No, now food, food is a food is important. Yeah. Like it's important. Yeah. We know we can't disregard food, right? but But don't underestimate how powerful consciousness is emotions are and the influence it has on our physiology. So the sooner we can teach our kids, Hey, this is what you're feeling. It's okay. It's okay to feel what you're feeling. Yep. And, and teach them how to center themselves, redirect, you know, acknowledge where they're at. It's okay. Okay. You know, is this really going to, to get you and create, do you want to feel the way you're feeling? It's, it's okay to feel it, but you don't have to feel this way. It's okay to feel this way. Um, and giving them techniques to center themselves and, 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 and move in different directions if they choose to. So here's a question that someone wanted me to ask you, and I kind of know how you're going with this, but I still want to hear it. All right. So you come home from work, busy day, you got stuck in traffic, you're stressed out. You know what I mean? You're feeling anxious. You're late. You got to get your kids. This is like a lot of parents to the sporting event. You got to get dinner on the table. Whatever. This is every day. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they run in the door and the kids hit them with blah, 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 blah. Right. And they freak. You know what I mean? They get angry. And it's really not anything the kid did. It's 
They just walked in and they weren't ready for it. And they said things they didn't want to say. Now what? Do you just say, hey, I'm sorry, it's not you, and move forward? I mean, every parent has done that, some to more extremes than the other. What would be your advice? I would advise that parent to sit in their car and acknowledge what they're feeling before they walk into the house. Ooh, good one. Right? And say, okay, like – like just be like, hey, what's the, the most powerful question you can ask yourself when you're starting this process is what am I feeling? And I know that question sounds simple, but when I ask somebody how they're feeling, it usually takes them a little while to actually name an emotion. Most often they tell me what they're thinking. That's me. <laughs> or they tell me, yes, that's definitely you. Or they're telling me what they're sensing in the body. So there's a big difference between sensation in the body and emotion. Hmm. Right? So I have sweaty palms. My heart's racing. I can't breathe. Those are all body communications. Okay. That's not okay. emotion. Okay. Just, just want to clarify that because okay. it's a place that – and it takes training. Like this is why you know the way Joey, the creator of Conscious Transformation, has created this system, it's a system of training. Like you've got to train these things. Yeah. Like, okay, what am I feeling right now? And then just like, just acknowledge, okay, in this moment, I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm feeling frustrated. Okay, and just name the emotions. And once you name the emotions, give yourself permission to feel what you're feeling. And and that just sounds like, hey, in this moment, I'm feeling. It's perfectly okay. Yeah. I'm it's okay to feel what I'm yeah, feeling. Yeah. And just be with it. And then I would have that person kind of go through like a a four-sided breath where you just focus the mind on your breath Mm -hmm. to get your brain to stop feeding why you're feeling what you're feeling because that's what I tell you it works. Yes. And, you know, we, we've, we've may have shared this on other podcasts, but it's always a good reminder, you know, Sandy, the neurological lifespan of a fear-based emotion is 90 seconds. Like your brain literally can't create the experience of frustration and anger longer than 90 seconds unless you have thoughts that are, that are directing the mind to keep creating it. And the thoughts are, I'm anxious because I have so much to do. I'm overwhelmed because of what happened at work today. And now I got to take the kids to school. And then, you know, my God, how am I going to get them to dinner? And what if they don't eat? And they're freaking shin guards. They can't find those damn shin guards and the socks. And holy shit, I forgot to do the the laundry last. Like, Like we go into the whole crazy story that literally just says to the brain, hey, keep creating the experience of overwhelm, please. Yeah, you're right. Keep doing it. That's what we're literally t- saying to the brain, directing the brain to keep doing it. So, so acknowledging what we're feeling, putting ourselves into a centered place by getting our brain to focus on our breath. Because when our brain's focused on our breath, it's not telling these stories. Yep. It gets our it gets the body to relax. I also invite people to just relax their body when they're breathing because a lot of times their physiology is turned on in a particular way. When we're overwhelmed, like we're tense, our shoulders are in our ears, our stomach hurts, you know, the whole physiology is just on fire because literally our physiology believes that there's a serious threat. It's in fight or flight. So when we breathe and relax, we get centered. And then the question to ask yourself is, what do I choose to bring into the house right now? I'm going to bring peace, serenity, love, 
passion, excitement, gratitude, whatever it is, I'm going to bring that into the space. And, and when I walk into that space, I'm going to see myself as the embodiment of gratitude, see myself as the embodiment of joy. And, and I, you can even like visualize what that would look like when you went into the house. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a, gr- I mean, it, like sometimes things seem so simple, but I really believe that's a great thing to do that sitting in the car or before you walk, even if you're taking a train and you, before you walk in that door, you know, checking in with how you're feeling. I think that will resolve a lot. And the, I mean, the breathing I do, I do. It, it, it's just taking a few minutes. Um, question though. I mean, because I love it, and I think that we resolve a lot of things. But what do you do when that didn't work, and you lay into your kids, and you know it really not them? I mean, do you just say, "Hey, I'm sorry, I had nothing to do with you. Let's start again." I mean, what what's the answer there? Because, like you said, we're human; it's not always going to work. Well, yeah, I mean, you're definitely going to screw it up. You're definitely going to go off the handle. I still do. I still, I still, it still happens to me. Um, no, and, not you. Well, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm actually the other perfect person <laughs> on this planet. We, we happen to both be on the same call right now, which is pretty incredible. Yeah, just don't talk to my family about that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, you acknowledge and you account to it. So, so I mean, I'll give you an example of. Um. Uh, time not to, probably about a month ago. I remember, you know, I just was cranky, irritated, whatever, whatever the, you know, I woke up frustrated or angry. I don't know what. What was the emotion that? What, what were you really huh? feeling? <laughs> I'm kidding. What's that? What was the emotion, Matt? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was frustrated. It was irritated. It was cranky. I mean, I was just in like a mood. Yeah. And I was like a little beast walking around the house and, um, and I, I don't, something, I can't remember what my son Christian did, but I like got upset with him and just like, you know, I don't think I, I think he did something. I was just like, what the hell are you doing? Like one of those things a kid does and just like, why, like, why would you do that? Like, what is wrong with you? You know what I mean? Like one of those moments. And, and I'm like, just, just, just please just, I can't even deal with this right now. And I, and I told him to just like go in his room and just, I can't even deal with it. And, and I kind of, you know, about, you know, as I went into my room, it's like, okay, Matt, I think you need to go to your room too. <laughs> time um, out, Matt. Time, yeah, out. time out, Matt. Go sit in the chair. And I sat with myself and I'm like, all right, man, let's, let's get clear about where we're at right now. And I literally sat there and I'm like, you're frustrated, you're angry, you're anxious, you know, like, let's like own our space. Cause that's where we've been all morning. Yeah. Um, let's own it. Okay. And I centered myself and I said to myself, okay, how, what, how do I choose to, how do I choose to experience my day here? Like, what's the, what do I want this day to look like? And I just started to, you know, and I've, and I've done practices where I can actually turn on that joy in a certain way or love in a certain way or peace in a certain way when I put my attention there. So I sat there for about 10 minutes, 15 minutes did my practice, owned my space, totally okay with the frustration. I didn't judge myself for it. I didn't say I was doing something wrong. And once I got back in there, I went into Christian's room and I said, hey, buddy, 
um, I just want you to know that what what happened downstairs was was had nothing to do with you. Yes, you did that thing, and yes, you know that's not like you're not supposed to be doing that. But the way I reacted had nothing to do with what you did. Yeah, you don't like that. Yeah, that was where I was. That was where I was at. Yeah, and I just and I just want you to know that you're not responsible for me being angry. Yeah, because he felt bad that I was angry. Yeah, of course. Of course. Right. So you, you account to it to say, Hey, you know what? I got angry. I said things I didn't mean. I did things that, 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 you know, I acted from a place of anger and uh, I just want to account to that. I, I apologize. Now that doesn't mean that what they did, they get a pass for now. Yeah. That's the tricky part. So let's, let's yeah. go over that. So how you reacted you know, you were like, that wasn't you. I mean, that was me. Well, well, there was an energy of consciousness that had me react in the way that I yeah. reacted. Yeah. But, that's what I can account to. Yeah. But what he did, now what? Yeah. It's like, it's like any other time. It's like, hey, you know, you can, I can have the same conversation with him and be like, hey, Christian, you know, you made a choice there. You knew that was not something that, that, that we've talked about this. Yes. You made that choice. Well, and now, you know, there's, this is the consequence. Like, here's the, this is the thing you chose, you created. And I'm, I'm totally in a state of peace and acceptance yeah. and love. Like I'm not pissed off that he did it. Right. right. Those other, those other moments. And I'm just like, Hey man, you know, that's something you chose to do, you know? Uh, yeah. Like, so that's a big thing. You can tell your kid, in, like you said, from a loving state, let's say they didn't, you know, like I know a lot of kids around here, they didn't make their curfew. They didn't bring the car back on time. Oh. You can still come from a place of peace. Uh, yeah, that wasn't the deal. You're not going out this weekend. And that doesn't yeah, mean. Like, yeah, and that's the thing. It's like also making sure that the the the, 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 the expectations were clear. It's like, hey, we're happy to give you the car. We expect to uh, you to be home at this time. If that's not something that you're able to fulfill on, then then what you're saying to us is we're not you're not ready to have the responsibility of the car. Yeah, and that's fine. No problem. I forget what Cole wanted, and I remember saying, "Okay, that wasn't the deal. You didn't do these chores. This was you're supposed to do this, earn that. Then we're going to get this. Add to it." And he said, "You know, you realize." you're ruining my life right now. And I, and I, and I laugh, you know what we were talking about when I laugh, I go, yeah, yeah I can live with that. <laughs> I can live with that. I'm okay. Yeah. I think we're going to get through that. And I don't know if that was the right response, but I wasn't feeling bad. And that's a good place to be. Like I knew it was the right decision. And I wasn't year a couple years ago, Matt, I would have been feeling really bad that I ruined his life, you know, like, yeah. Oh my God. Because when your kids do that, you know, you're ruining my life. You don't understand. It pulls your heartstrings. But when I'm coming from that loving space, I just smiled and said, yeah, you'll be fine. You'll get over it. I'm good. Mm -hmm. You know, and moved on my way. I don't know if that was the right answer, but. Well, again, the, 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 there is no right or wrong. And I, and I, and I, and I know we've heard that before. And yeah. some of, I say this to people and they're like, yeah, I get it. But we still it's just a good reminder because there really isn't a wrong or right. It's does it align with the, with the experience I'm looking to have yeah. with my, 
with this person. Yeah. And if the experience that I'm looking to have in the space with said person is unconditional love, acceptance, and joy, then am I aligned with that consciousness when I'm making decisions and communicating with them? And as long as you're aligned there, you really, you're, you're good to go. You'll figure the rest of it out. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. And I can tell, and just like, you know, everyone can tell when your response, when it feels good inside and you feel at peace, there's a whole different feeling, you know, than when it's coming from anger and frustration. I mean, it's a whole different thing. All right. So let's go back a second because I'm, I'm taking notes here and I want to remember that I, I throw out some of the questions that I've been asked. So when you're saying that the number one thing is what I'm hearing is when you work on yourself, I, I'm, I, I just want to make sure I think I know it, it's good for the whole family. So when you take time for to put, make yourself a priority, because a lot of people have problems with that. Like, I don't know if the wording's wrong, but they feel as if when once you're a parent, um, you have a significant other, everyone else should come before them. And that's being a good human being. Yeah. I mean, do you know what's really going on in that space? That sounds, that's just the, 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 I'll call it the, the narrative that sounds good. The narrative that sounds good. Okay. Meaning like, like, oh, I put I put other people in front of me and, you know, I just, you know, I just care for everybody yeah. else. And, all. you know, it sounds like, you know, it sounds nice, yeah. you know. What, what, what's really, the, what I hear there is I really don't enjoy being with myself. If I was actually with myself, there's a lot of pain here. It's much easier to focus on everybody else. Oh, that's what you hear? Not kind, yeah, loving person? <laughs> it's so much easier to to fix like to to go out there and be like oh i've got all these other people i have to work with and here's the thing this is what's this is a really important point actually one of the best way one of the best ways to distract ourselves from the emotions we're feeling like the number one way in our society that people distract themselves from the feelings they have inside is to keep themselves extraordinarily busy. And busyness right now is like a badge of honor. Like if you start to listen to people, like when you, like I, you know, I go to the soccer, I'm teaching my son, coaching my son's soccer team and you see parents get together and you see people see each other or even at the gym or wherever. Like I promise you, if you start paying attention, one of the first things that will come out of somebody's mouth at some point in time is they will tell you how busy they are. 100%. Every single time. Yep. And, and then it's like the other person's like, oh, you don't know busy. And it's like, who can, yes, let's see who's true. busier. Because if, if whoever's busier, that must mean there's more value the more busy we are and overwhelmed. Yes, like yes, yes. You're, you're more need. You know what I mean? You got more going on. There's- yeah, like my value is higher because I have all these people that need my attention. Yep, yep. So we do that with our kids. And we justify it by saying the best distractions. Yeah, by saying, "Oh my, I do all this for my kids," but really, you're saying it's because you don't want to deal with yourself. You don't want to be yeah, like like yeah. People really like think about like a time where like how difficult it is. Uh, and you know, I'm going to say moms because moms, you know, it's just a whole nother uh, 
training yeah. to be yeah. a parent, yeah. but mom for sure is, is, you know, is another level. It's like how many moms can actually sit with themselves and do nothing and not feel guilty. But but they won't but they won't allow the guilt to come up. They'll distract. They'll watch TV. They'll have a glass of wine. They they'll um, do something. I see what you're saying. They'll yeah. they'll check Facebook. They'll be like or they'll clean the house. Yeah. Like to actually stick with yourself. Like like you gotta understand. Like what's the most? This is kind of funny. What's the most severe penalty you can get if you're in prison if you misbehave? Solitude. Yeah, solitary confinement. Yeah. Like we literally can't stand being with ourselves. Well, speak for yourself. No. <laughs> <laughs> like, like it is it is No, you're right, you're right, you're right. And and it's usually like when we're with ourselves, I don't mean reading a book. I know what you mean. You know what I mean? I mean literally just sitting with yourself yeah. and doing nothing. Right. No TV, no nothing. Yeah. Yeah. But it, wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. Aren't you talking about now, isn't that like a form of meditation is what you're talking about. Well, meditation is a tool to help train our brain to focus in a certain way. And it's, it's a, I call meditation a conscious training of the brain. Okay. Cause okay. everything our brain does, every experience we have up to this point in our life yeah. has been taught to us by someone, yeah. something, an event, society, like yeah. our brain has been unconsciously conditioned to think yeah. everything it thinks. Yeah. Like it was all programmed. Gotcha. Meditation in my – the way I look at meditation and the way that the conscious transformation system is set up is it uses this meditation, we'll call it, as a conscious way to train the mind to experience things that that, that we choose. Like we are the conscious creators of our life, which is basically just means we can train our inner our inner self. Yep to experience whatever we choose to experience, fulfillment, joy, peace, and create in the world from that place. The conditioning we've gotten is in order to be fulfilled and happy, and we'll stick to this topic, you have kids and you make sure your kids are successful and happy. Like that's the formula to be fulfilled and happy is to make sure that your kids are that way. Okay. So then let me just – Back up one second because I have lots of questions going on. I'm going to make sure I just get the most important ones in. So what's the difference then? I'm still not clear of just sitting with yourself Mm -hmm. and meditating. Sitting with yourself, you just mean like you're not trying to direct your thoughts. You just sit there. You're just with yourself. Yeah, just hanging out. Like literally just sit with yourself and don't don't do anything. Not not trying to meditate, just be with yourself. Yeah, you're not. Yeah, you're not you're not directing the mind in any way. You're just with yourself. All right. And, and how can I ask know, how often do uh, you do this, Matt? Do you practice that? I I absolutely um for at least a half hour a week will just sit with myself and do nothing. Yeah, no meditation, just be there. Yep. Yep. Uh is that different? And I, I probably know the answer. So if someone's taking a walk or Biking or hiking, is that different? Even if they're- That's different. Yeah, okay. All right, cool. I thought I knew that. All right. So as far as the parenting aspect, then I have a couple questions for you. So I think for a lot of people, this is a new way of thinking and it's thought provoking and I love that. And But you gave us some really sound advice and different ways to look at it. But how... 
can we, or like you already kind of said it a little, but one of the things that I would love some advice because some parents are feeling this is, you know, the big issue, and it's a hot topic right now, is the mental health, you know, issue because of different celebrities and different people and unfortunately, you know, taking their own lives and the mental health of the kids. So how do you direct your child if they are, like to not feel especially bad about themselves, if they are feeling anxious, depressed, or having panic attacks? Is that something that you should definitely want them to see a counselor about that's out of your realm? Because I feel that parents are telling me more and more. I even saw it on the Disney Channel, believe it or not. It was heightened awareness in between their show. Not all, I know I love the Disney Channel. So that's my secret confession. You know, I, I like Bunked and Andy Mack, little children's shows, you know, <laughs> because they make me happy. But in even between it, they did announcements with this, this young man in high school about reaching out when you have panic attacks and like it was a more prevalent thing. Is there things we can show our own child, like just go over the breathing or do you say, don't, this is nothing to feel bad about and send them to counselors or individual? What do you think? Yeah. So a couple of things I'll share there. Um, number one, before you can engage with the child, you've got to check in with where you're at first. Okay. Okay. If, if seeing them in a place of anxiety or sadness makes you anxious, you need to tune that up first. Okay. So maybe centering yourself, taking a deep breath, you know, looking at the space, not judging them, not looking at what that what's happening for them as something that's bad. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause a lot of times we'll look at the space and we're judging it. Absolutely. Oh, that's not okay. What's happening. Something wrong with them. Like that context sets a certain, sets us up in a certain way. Got Right. So it's like, take a deep breath, center yourself and just be like, just bring some compassion and love and just, Hey, I'm here. You're okay. It's okay. What's happening. You know, sometimes I'll hold my son's hands cause he definitely will have some of these, um, kind of high anxiety moments. Yeah. Um, and, uh, a, a lot of times, you know, I, I personally like, um, before I engage there. And again, like I'm going to say this to you, Sandy, and to those that are listening and you got to understand that it, it it's a training. You got to train yourself to embody compassion. You got to train yourself to embody love and grace. Like it's a training. Yeah. It's something I practice every day for the last five years. Yeah. Okay. It just doesn't and like, so okay, I'm a loving person. Let's move forward. Yeah. Yeah, it, it doesn't work it. that way. This is not a it's not an intellectual process. Yeah. It's 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 training a conscious and, and 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 state within yourself. So I've gotten to the point now, and I'm not by any stretch saying that I've come close to mastering this. And and I hope in five years from now, like I look back on today and I'm like, wow, I've grown so much yeah. because I know that this is an infinite thing. But there's there's a there's a there's a, a capacity that I've gotten to where when, when my son Christian is, is panicking and this was like the other day about a test. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and I literally just went in there and I didn't even say anything to him. I just held him by his hands yeah. and gave him a hug and said, 
and, 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 and did nothing else besides that. Yeah. And, and, and I just was, you know, if, uh, I envisioned myself, I, I envisioned my heart filling with this, this light, this, this high, like almost like this white light or golden light yeah. in my heart. And I just visualized pouring that into his heart and loving the hell out yeah. of him. Well, Matt, I think what you're saying, which I think is great, is it, he, it, it is. I love that you said that it is a training. You can't just say, okay, I logically understand this and I'm okay. This is what I'm going to do. You, you practice it every single day, you know, and yes. you retrain yourself and it's a habit. But that being said, like you said, you've been working on this for a long time. I think parents should recognize it's okay if they're not there yet. And that's why sometimes it's a great idea to have somebody who's not so emotionally involved, like a counselor, because like you said, they can remove themselves. They're not going to sit there with the same anxiety and sadness that you're too close to it. And there's nothing wrong with seeking help. Yeah, I mean, you you know, if you can find someone that 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 has the capacity to serve in a certain way, yeah. sure. But I, I don't think there's a parent that can't can't learn how to do oh, this. Okay. You know, and 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 again, like if, if anybody, if, if what I say to like when I have a parent that comes into me and wants me to work with their kid, do you know what I always say to them first? Work with you first. Yeah, I should work with you first yeah. because I can teach you how to how to create something within yourself. Gotcha. That will be the biggest influence on your child. Okay. I gotcha. Because when you're holding that space for your child, that's going to be very different than some counselor. Now, don't get me wrong, Sandy. I like like there's extreme situations and yes, you got to go to your, you know, call to your doctor and all those things. Yeah, I I, I yeah. I understand. Yes. No, that's a good point. I'm okay. glad you said that, but it doesn't mean immediately, hey, I'm not good at this. Let's go to the counselor. You can. Yeah, I mean like I that's that. that's what I mean like 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 I would and like I said, I always say to people, number 1, if you want me if you telling me that you want me to work with your kid, number 1, I, I you know, if the child wants to work with me, then they can reach out to me. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, uh, I think we should work together. Gotcha. I gotcha. I love it. That's a good point. Well, that, that answered, like that was a big thing because your kids are going to have stuff. I mean, every kid's going to have stuff. And some, like you said, what human doesn't have those experiences. Right. So do you think if just- we don't know how to handle them in ourselves, Sandy, yeah. Like, then that's where it has to start. No, you're right. Question, though. So do you think the kids, like, you know, I said they were talking about it on the Disney Channel, like, seek a parent or, like, get you know, whatever. Talk to somebody who can help you. Don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed. Do you think that we're just more aware of children having more anxiety and panic attacks? Uh you know, mental health issues, you know, is it heightened? Is it more than it used to be? Or we're just more aware of it because of social media? I think that our kids, our society is set up for our kids. Like being a kid right now is probably one of the most difficult times to be a kid. Do you really? When it comes to what, what, what's happening with their development really? uh, neurologically. Why you say that? Oh my God. Like, I feel sorry for our kids. <laughs> okay. Tell me, because, tell me. Because we, there is insane amount of stimulation with these children constantly. 
Like they are constantly stimulated. The video game thing is by far the most destructive thing that you could ever do to a child. You are literally training their brain to be stimulated constantly and constantly and constantly. Oh, and this, and these, these games are, in my opinion, some of the most damaging things that we can do to our kid, to our children. Well, that's uh, a whole nother podcast, man. <laughs> well, I'm just telling you, man, because you're literally training stimulation, 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 stimulation. And, and we do, we put them in, them in this environment and then we say, then we, then we label them with ADD. Yeah. I gotcha. I mean, come on. We're training them literally not to be able to focus. We're training their brain to be stimulated literally every millisecond. And then we expect, expect them to be able to sit still. So I get like, especially, you know, the kids coming out, there's been all this, you know, internet. I mean, it's been a way of life that we didn't grow up well. And I'm older than you. I mean, this was late in my game. You know you know what I'm saying? But the kids coming out, the social media and the internet and the World Wide Web, whatever you want to call it, is... And the gaming. And the gaming, it just wasn't there. And they're growing up to it. So what do you have? All right. So now you can start in the world. Let's say you recognize that and you have a newborn. Okay. Slate clean. If you believe that, there's a lot of different things you can do. But what if you're like me, like your kids in, you know, whatever grade and you didn't think that way and they've been doing it. How do you remove it? You, you know what I'm saying? Like the biggest thing that that I feel like, if we can have a con, especially with a with a with a teenager, like dealing like, or the way you would work with a teenager would be very different than the way you would work with a five or ten. Okay, right. The 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 place of teenager is empowering them and showing them that they have a choice and that the choices they make will create outcomes, and they have the power to make choices. And the choices that they make will create outcomes. And, and, and to be in a space of acceptance and know that – and if they know that, 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 hey, I know mom or dad is somebody that I can talk to about, about these choices that I'm going to make and I know I'm not going to be judged – I know they're not going to get all – their panties in a bunch. Yeah. They're not going to freak yeah. out. Well, then I've created a space – for them to actually have a conversation with somebody about it. Yep. And it's like, Hey, like, like here, I, I like, there's a conversation I had with my 10 year old. It was hilarious. And my, my dad was in the room, which made it even funnier. And, um, my son came to me and he was talking about, he was asked, he, he wanted help with his English or something. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I don't, the grammar, I don't remember the rules of grammar. So he's, I, he was asking me about, um, what was it? Simple subjects and complex subjects or whatever they were doing in fifth grade. And, and I'm like, well, Christian, where's your notes? Like, is there a book that explains us to what this is? And she's, and he's like, well, no, she just taught us it in class. And I said, well, did you take notes? And, and he said, well, no, I don't, nobody takes notes. I don't think we're allowed to. And I said, I doubt that you're not allowed to take notes. So, so here's, here's your options, right? I said, you can can ask your teacher if it's okay for you to take notes or you can just bring a notepad and start taking notes and then you'll find out if it's, if it's not, if it's not allowed. And I said, that strategy is called ask for forgiveness, not for permission. Right. And that's a strategy, right? Or you can ask the teacher 
and see if that's something that's okay. Yeah. And my dad chimes in, no, 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 no. The right thing to do is to talk to the teacher. No, that you don't want to do yeah. that. And yeah. I'm like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like he was getting anxious about what I was yeah. saying. Yeah. To don't him. break the rule. Don't break the rule. Don't get in trouble. Yeah. And I'm like, no, you can absolutely break the rules. You can do that if you want. Yeah. And that will create an outcome. Yeah. I've never heard that. And you can't take notes. That seems weird. No, I, 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 it's not, that's not the case. Like I'm clear that he's just not getting, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know what, what went on there, but it's not, but I don't see, but I don't go into that with him. Do you see what I'm saying? I don't see a Christian. Of course you could take notes, man. Like the hell's like, of course you can. Like that's, that's so ridiculous. And it's like, Oh, okay. Well, if you're not sure about something, then ask or do it and then you'll find out. No, I like that. Yeah. That's pretty funny. No, but it is different. Like you were, when we were, we're talking about now that my son's freshman in high school, you're right about the nonstop. He said, yeah, mom, my phone's at home. I'm the only one. You know what I mean? They're all on their phones every single second. They can be mm-hmm. in on the hallway. They can listen to music. I mean, they can't have it out while the teacher's teaching, but Mm-hmm. Every single second, they're allowed to. And you're right. I mean, that's that's teaching our kids, you know, you have to be stimulated all the time. And I can see why that would make kids be more anxious. I don't know the answer. I, I really don't, you know, because I think it's really difficult when they like when they're younger. Maybe. Well, what about habits that have already been formed? Like the girls were asking me the other day, by the way, and I don't know the answer. They don't like social media. They feel like this is a true thing, Matt. So they feel like they're constantly caught up now in something they don't want to be caught up in that they have to be on Snapchat or Instagram to show they're having a good time, which they may not even be having a good time, but they have to present to social media that they are. Do you know what I mean? And then they admitted to me, it's taking away from them actually enjoying themselves, but they don't know how not to be caught up in it. Who, who are we talking like about? Like a bunch of high school girls. Yeah. Oh. Like, that. like a bunch of high school girls that are, are having this conversation. Yep. Saying, Sammy, mm-hmm. you know, we, because I had like a focus group and I was sitting there with them, like, you know, yeah. with some things. Cause I was long story short, like about, I was just making a journal up for teens. Cause the teens were like, yeah, could you make us a journal? That's more about our life and fitting our life. And Hey, could you put something in there that we can do checks and balances about how much we're on social media? which I was really happy to hear that they're admitting that. But what they're saying is they know they shouldn't be doing it as much, but it's more important their social media presence than they're actually having a great time in that moment. Mm-hmm. Because they're yeah, taking I mean, what, that what picture at that angle. They're, they're making sure they Snapchat so that it seems that they're having a great time and they're popular. And they know now like that it's gotten out of control. Yeah. So what an incredible opportunity to empower these young women with the, with the power of choice. And, and when they intuitively know something doesn't make sense and how there's going to be so many things in life throughout the rest of their life that they're going to be faced with what the masses are telling them is important and what they truly know is important and give them the opportunity. The, the key in that moment is to make sure that they know they have a choice, yeah. that they, they always, always have, have a choice. choice. That's, that's true. There's nothing wrong with what they choose. Say, Hey, 
tr- you've you've done the, the the social media thing. You've done the Snapchat thing. That's created a certain experience. And let's name what that experience is. You know, oh, it's a pain in the ass. It's overwhelming. You know, okay, great. So we know that choice creates yeah. that. Well, let's look at this other choice and and what would be possible if you did this other thing. And and either one is okay. But just know that you do have a choice. I love that. You are in control. You do have power. Never, never the, the thing with power and empowerment is as soon as we don't perceive we have a choice, mm-hmm. we are powerless. We're yeah. in the experience of powerlessness. And as soon as we can acknowledge, hey, I have choice, that instantaneously mm-hmm. gives us power. And they're going to be faced with that kind of stuff with the, for the rest of their life. You know what? The, the society. I, I, you just made me think. We yeah. we got to wrap up, but you're making me think of things because even w- when um, I went to the doctor and Cole was a baby, the doctor would say, "It's great if you can give your kids choice. Would you like string beans or broccoli? Then they like you know what I mean. Like, w- would you like this cereal or that? Because people want to feel like they have a choice." They want to feel- no, nobody likes to feel to obligated. To do yeah, I got it. It's amazing. I love it. It seems so simple. All right, Matt, we got to go. We could talk forever. I have a lot of other topics that I want to come back to for another podcast. But before we wrap up, is there anything else that you want to say to kids or parents who are listening that we didn't get in? The the biggest message that I that I that I like to communicate to parents that I work with is, is just the context in which you're working with your kids. And I'll just kind of leave it, leave you with this. If you orient the relationship with your kids and the influence you're looking to have, and you orient it to, Hey, my, I'm looking to empower them here. If you, if that's the context you're working with, empowering your yeah. children, as opposed to I'm here to protect my children. Ooh, yeah. Okay, because as soon as we're in the context of I need to protect them, I've now engaged in more of a fear-based consciousness. You're right. You're right. If I'm like, hey, I'm here to empower yeah. them, that is a much different vibration and different influence. Gotcha. There. So that would be the only thing I would. That's I would, huge. I, would, I love that. Okay, now we're going to have written up how we can reach you, but tell us a little bit about you. How can they reach out to you? What's going on in the next few months? What are you doing? Um, well, I will, uh, I'm, you know, I have a private practice. So if anyone ever wanted to reach out to me and see what that's all about, um, you can go to, uh, MatthewLabosco.com. Um, that'll take you to the conscious transformation, uh, site. You'll see classes that I'm teaching, but you'll also be able to reach out to me if you want to do a consultation and find out more about what, um, working with me privately would look like. Highly recommend, um, highly recommend. All right, go ahead. Um, but uh, some of the things that's exciting happening is I'll be in Los Angeles in a few weeks um, teaching uh, the Emotional Mastery Weekend uh, with Joey, the founder of Conscious Transformation that's uh, October 5, 6, and 7 Um, if you're looking for radical transformation in a short period of time um, come to a weekend and uh, you know if uh, if that's something you want to do, and you've listened to this podcast, and come to the weekend, and you see me, say, "Hey, Sandy Weston's podcast, I'm here." Um, that would be so so much would fun. It be? To, oh my goodness! And the weekend, yeah, we I only went to one, but it was freaking awesome. It was cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, going going to MatthewLabosco.com is probably the best way to to see what I've got going on. But right now, 
I got classes that I teach. Some some of them are virtual, um, so you can you can interact with the classes online. Um, I teach them live virtually, oh, um, but also um, private practice, and then some of these weekend programs, which are the intensives. Matt, thank you so much. This was awesome, and we got through a whole thing without having to do it over again. I didn't hang up on you by accident. <laughs> <laughs> well done, man. We nailed third time's a charm. <laughs> I know. So cool. All right, Matt. Well, have a great weekend. I can't wait to hear all about surfing. Woohoo! I'll see if I can send you a video. All right. You better. All right. Bye, Matt. Thank you. All right. Take care. Thanks for listening. Remember, keep highlighting the positive and let's keep it real. Mm-hmm.